Bretto after an extremely tough 2020 for many. It is so exciting to announce our first in real life event for 2021. Oh, MP, it's an understatement to say we miss connecting with our tribe, but it makes the 2021 wellness breakthrough all the more exciting. If you're ready to rebound or to make a comeback and even make 2021 your best year yet, you are warmly invited to join Brett, myself and an intimate group of like-minded souls at the Wellness Breakthrough from February 5 to 7. Imagine yourself tucked away in the serene Streslecki Ranges of Gippsland, Victoria. You don't have to cook, you don't have to clean or do anything domestic. We feed you, we accommodate you, we hold the space for you to create your own wellness breakthrough. Whether it's in your health, your relationships, work, life, wealth, spirit, any part of your life, you can expect major transformation at our most intimate event. We'd love for you to join us, but spaces are strictly limited to 20 attendees. And as we record this, we have less than 10 spaces left. For more info, to watch the highlights of previous years and to join us from February 5 to 7 in 2021, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Welcome to episode number 99 on The Herpreneur Show. Today we have Candu Belts. She's a speaker, author, philanthropist, and the founder of Belts Mining. Welcome to The Herpreneur Show, where we talk women, business, life. I am your host, Annette Lakovich. I'm an entrepreneur, businesswoman, mum, and I'm a fitness fanatic who loves to dance. What I also love to do is help you reach your fullest potential in business, health, and happiness. Join me as I bring you life-changing interviews, world-class education that helps you continue to up-level your next stage in greatness. It's your time to shine. Let's do it. Wow, do I have an incredible woman today for you. If you do not get goosebumps in part of the things that she is saying, <laughs> you are not paying attention. <laughs> My goodness. Today we have Candu Belts. She is one of the most sought after young female leaders uh, for inspirational speaking and also renowned for making a massive change in the world. And you're going to hear about this story today. We're going to hear about the story of Candu from when she was a young girl, just by one question that she asked her father and the response that he gave her really changed the course of her world. I, I tell you what, I've got goosebumps now with some of the things that she has said and that is she is doing whilst I'm recording this. Now, please excuse the audio. Right before we went to do recording today, we have a lineup of the interviews. My studio light blew up. It also blew up my computer. So we had to do the recording via my phone. <laughs> so we are hoping that the audio sounds great. And uh, we hopefully have some video highlights that we can also grab as well from me doing Zoom on my phone, which will be on Instagram. And we'll release that this week if we do get an awesome video grab. The Herpreneur Show is brought to you by Convert Club. If you find that you are worried about your sales, your revenue coming into your business over January and December, then there's three things that you're not doing in your business to get continual cash flow coming in. If you find that you have huge peak seasons and massive troughs, again, the same thing applies. If you need help with learning how to convert that sale 
no matter what the season, no matter what who the president is, no matter if we've hit with COVID or not, then these are the things that we can help you with with Convert Club. It's mine and my husband's beautiful way to teach you not only how to convert the sale, but how to build a really strong, substantial business that really helps that revenue come in and you keep another change of lives that you do with your business. If you want to know more about Convert Club, reach out to me. I can get send you some information and uh, find out if it's a match for you. Now on to the lady of the hour. Let me introduce you to Candy Belts. Well, I normally start off with where the heck in this land of Australia are you calling in from? But I read that you're actually in Western Australia. Is that yes. right? Yes, I'm right here in Western Australia. I should be at uh, the office in St. George's Terrace, but as you know, school holidays. So I'm working yes. from home. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and so you're not far from me then. No. Because I'm no. in, I'm, I'm moving to Sorrento next week, but we're in here. Oh, lovely. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Actually, we were closer because we were in um, uh, Whitford's before. Oh my gosh. We were neighbours. Yes. Who knew? I had no idea we were that close. Now, I have seen you around the traps. I actually feel like we met, I'm going to say maybe about eight to ten years ago. Yes, yes, we have. Yeah, through through Entourage or through Yes, speaking through Entourage and, um, and also Mind and Its Potential, remember, with uh, yes, Tony yes, yes, yes. I feel like I know you but I don't know you. So we've never had yes. like a conversation in such a long time. So it's so great yeah. to actually uh, sit down today and do this. Yes. I want to start with what was it like meeting the Dalai Lama? Like Meeting hello. the Dalai Lama. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was, what experience was that like? Meeting the Dalai Lama. You know, actually just going a little bit back before meeting him, uh, I got this phone call. I was in Bali swimming in the pool and received this phone call and uh, I ignored it and then it came again and said, oh, we're organizing this conference and we would love you to sit with the Dalai Lama. So, and I thought, okay, this is a prank call because you don't get those sort of calls. I asked them to send an email and uh, it was happiness and its causes. One of the best conferences, you know, organized and the biggest conferences on happiness and its causes. So I did accept. But um, leading up to, you know, sitting down with the Dalai Lama and um, actually, um, you know, having that to sink in, um, it was a bit, Nerve-wracking. I was a bit scared. I thought I was going to have a heart attack or something. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine just from that first phone call all the way through. And so, and so, did you get to actually just? It was just a quick meet and greet. Did you actually? have a couple of words like we what was that a, exchange we, like we had a we had a long interview because um the time that he was sitting because he sat on the stage and then I had to go and uh interview him so when I was going and I think uh he could see how nervous I was because uh, before you <laughs> sit down with him there's a lot of uh rules and and things that you cannot ask and what you can ask and uh so that mm. meant I only had one question <laughs> so and what was I, that one question? What um, was the one question that you asked the, the Dalai Lama? The one question I had was, how does it feel to be the Dalai Lama? <laughs> and what did he say? <laughs> he says it feels just like being can do. You know, how does it feel to be you? I said it feels great. But um, we talked uh, a lot about, you know, religion. We talked a lot about sexuality. We talked a lot about what's happening in Africa because um, the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu and uh, Nelson Mandela, um, you know, 
where still uh, Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama are still friends. So, mm-hmm. and uh, my grandfather was a freedom fighter, uh, wow. so which you know made me have access to Mandela when I was younger. So, having to grow up and uh, knowing these leaders and what they fought for and what the struggle was, and then finally having to sit down and have that talk with the Dalai Lama was mm-hmm. quite humbling. But uh, the feeling, in essence, was it felt like it was just the two of us in the universe. There's this sense of calmness that is around him. The aura is just so clean. You know, wow. So it was, it, it was magical. It well, was you've magical. met some incredible luminaries in your time. I think I saw Richard Branson on there. Yes. Um, I can't remember all of them, but who were some other ones that really stood out? Is there someone else that really stood out for you? Um, so Richard Branson, uh, Dr. John DiMartini, um, Tony Buzan, the uh, inventor of uh, Mind Maps. Um, right. Yes, yes. So that one stood out uh, as well. Uh, and uh, the thing about it is that when I have these encounters with, you know, these thought leaders and many other people, there's just this connection that you get. Uh, Two days ago, I received a text from uh, the Dalai Lama's PA saying uh, the Dalai Lama is sending love and blessings. Oh my gosh. You've been, you you are a speaker, you're an author, you're a philanthropist. I want to know the story about what brought you, not to the time now, but you've come from Zimbabwe and I'd like to talk about the first part of your career, moving into speaking and wanting to go into empowerment. What's, can you take us back to a bit of a journey to bring you to that time? Yes, yes. So I was born in Zambia in a small country town called Katete, a small population. And uh, at that stage, my grandfather was um, a high commissioner for community development. So my grandfather has this philosophy called Ubuntu, which was installed in us when we were very, very young. So the direct translation of Ubuntu is I am because we are. And uh, what would happen is we would have, um, you know, a harvest at the farm and he would make food parcels and he would give them to us to distribute to, you know, some houses in the neighborhood. And I would ask my grandfather, why do we have to do that? And he would say to me, it's Ubuntu. And I would ask him, what is Ubuntu? And his response always was, I am because we are. So that to me was him teaching us to look out for other people in the communities because my grandmother would say, if we do not help those people, they will go to bed hungry. You know, so if you are lucky enough and you have a slice of bread or a loaf of bread, you can always share that with someone. Mm-hmm. So my speaking came to when I joined my parents uh, in dollar in the copper belt. And uh, mm-hmm. I went to school and I saw the disparity in the way girls and boys were being treated because in our household, everybody was equal. But when we would go to school, the girls would be asked to sit at the back and the boys would be at the front. The boys would be encouraged to study, you know, sciences and mathematics. And mm-hmm. the girls would be asked to do, you know, basic science and combined, you know, science and basic mathematics. So, um, and at one point, um, one of my friends, uh, you know, I complained about that. And my friend said to me, you're complaining about, you know, sitting at the front of the classroom. We don't even sit at the dining table at home because we're girls. 
So we sit <gasps> in the kitchen to have our meals. So I went back to my father and I asked him, you know, why is it that we're allowed to sit at the table and other girls in other households are not allowed to sit at the table and that was not fair. So my dad said to me, if you want to change things, you need first to learn English and then you can start with your school. So I went and sat down with our principal and asked if I could be given a slot during assembly to talk about girl child rights. So I was about 10 years of age there when I started um, actively speaking about uh, girl child rights and uh, having that equal uh, opportunities uh, for girls and boys uh, in Zambia. So that was my start. And by the time I was 11, 12, I was introduced to the works of the uh, United Nations through uh, UNESCO. And uh, that propelled my speaking career and advocacy. And uh, by the time I was uh, 16, we had moved to Botswana. And uh, I was working directly with uh, the local government in Botswana um, on uh, a program called the Peer Educator, educating uh, young people and being the voice of young people um, through the Botswana National Youth Council, which is actually the biggest youth council in the Commonwealth uh, countries and has been running since um, 1979. Wow. I just love that you were 10 years old and just every fiber in your body was like this is not right and from that age it was like a calling has come from you for not just equal rights but just for fairness exactly it's like like we talk about equality but it goes even so much deeper than that it's just you know it feeds into helping you know if if we're always held down lower it feeds into your self-esteem and you know there's just so much that comes along with that afterwards um that is just incredible what do you think about it with your father why he did treat his daughters differently. Why do you think he did actually want you, like treated you as the equal? Well, I think one, from my father's tribe, uh, women are the leaders, women are the chiefs and the queens of the village. So mm. women are the custodians of life. So, um, yeah, and, uh, and, and, and throughout, uh, uh, I've always been treated uh, that way, and uh, which I find that we were lucky. And also education, because my father is well-educated and uh, he's also well-traveled uh, as my mother as well. So I think that exposure um, gave them, you know, a lot of uh, know-how and knowledge. And uh, mm. I have two brothers and three sisters, and uh, yeah, no one was was being favoured, even though we secretly said to each other, um, "I'm <laughs> Dad's favourite child." <laughs> <laughs> Love that. So you're this incredible young female. You've stood on the stages around the world, talked about the importance of equality, the importance of women, trying to make a massive change to a culture that is so far different to the way that we live over, let's just say, in Australia as well and, you know, around the world. What happened for you to get into mining? Because two years ago you've created a, a, a company in mining called Belts. Is that right, your surname? That's correct, yes. So how the heck did that happen? Can you take <laughs> us through this transition? <laughs> well, I always wanted to be called a gold digger, not joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, so what happened was I was uh, in Zambia um, 
during that time. And uh, Zambia is one of the largest producers of copper in the world, and it has the best grades of copper. And you don't have to dig deeper. And growing up in the copper belt myself, we used to always joke that, you know, I've got copper dust between um, my toes. So whenever my mom asked me to go and wash, I would say, but I don't want to wash the copper off. So going back and uh, looking at the, the level of poverty, even though the middle class uh, is rising, and when you look at uh, the top 10 or so poorest countries in Africa, I mean, in the world, uh, African countries, you know, eight of them are in Africa. And yet we have the largest producers of commodities. So when I looked wow. at uh, Zambia in particular, my home country, and looking at the biggest producers of copper, they were all international um, companies. So which means that uh, a lot of the money is actually not staying in the country. It's actually going um, overseas. Mm -hmm. So I decided to... Uh, give it a go. Uh, initially, I wasn't going to start with Zambia. I was going to start with Zimbabwe. And uh, with uh, Zimbabwe, I just picked up the phone and I called the president and I said, uh, I'm coming into your country and I, I'm looking for opportunities in mining. He thought it was a joke. Um, mm. Invited me. I uh, said, okay, fine. When you get to the airport, somebody will pick you up. So I did. I was a guest of, uh, of, of him for four days. Uh, we had a look around um, and then we collected as much data as we could, brought it here and we thought, okay, let's look, have a look at other jurisdictions. So we looked at Zambia and Zambia was much more uh, favorable because one of the things that we look at is also the mining code are in that country. But for me, the main thing was to um, alleviate poverty and uh, allevi alleviation of poverty is not charity, it is justice, and that is what I'm trying to do. Gosh, you're one powerful human being. Like, holy cow. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else is sitting here listening just going, could I do that? Yes, like, they can. It's like just the confidence and the, 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 the willingness and the, the why behind what you do just creates this driving force for you just to pick up a phone and say, I'm coming over. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> What's the worst thing that can happen? <laughs> I just love that. I just love that. So what did you have as an intention of what your business was going to be like to how it is now? My intention was to create uh, employment opportunities for 75,000 people by 2035. Mm. And with that, when I spoke, especially to a few um, heads of states in Africa, they laughed at me because no African government has produced employment for that many people. So um, my intention is to create employment, is to make sure that, you know, as we are digging up these commodities using the latest uh, technologies, um, the people in those villages, the investors, the vendors, um, to the people that are processing, they all, all get at least um, a share, a fair of um, the value of the commodity. Wow. Goodness me. When they laughed at you and thought it was a joke with what your goal was for 2035, is that right? Yes, that's correct. What What was the feeling that you had? Did you feel like you put your head in the shell like a turtle or were you like justified it? Like what happened in that conversation either internally with yourself or externally with them? So internally it's uh, I thought, you know, for a moment I wanted to believe, you know, him because mm -hmm. he's, he's the president 
And then uh, I looked at uh, my forefathers, I looked at my grandfather and a lot of other people that fought for my freedom to be able to travel and do what I do today. I knew that nothing was, you know, uh, impossible. I will give it a try. And uh, we do have this proverb in Africa that um, the best way to eat an elephant is by having small bites. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I knew. <laughs> mm. I just need to take those little little bites. Yes. And so, where is the business at the moment? How is it functioning? What's the the the, the whole process behind it now? How does it look? Uh, it's actually looking very well. Uh, I think uh, very soon we will be one of the fastest growing our businesses. Um, I've got a really good team, a team that is highly skilled and uh, they've worked in this uh, sector. So mm-hmm. that's why I think we are moving uh, very fast. And we also have the cooperation of um, the Australian uh, government. There is uh, a Comesa agreement that the Western Australia and the Comesa member states in uh, in, uh, in Africa are signed, and uh, the headquarters of that is in Lusaka in Zambia. So that works to our advantage. And then also with uh, the Zambian government, uh, they've been very very cooperative. And I think one of the things is that um, one of the very few women in the mining sector, or the very few women who actually owns the mine itself. Mm-hmm. So and uh, yeah, so I think and that was a question. Succeed. Yes, and this is where I just wanted to go next, which is the disruption that's created at the moment with such an old, old history of men. You know, it is mining. It's you know every every industry, corporations, everything is starting. You know, this feminine energy is coming through thick and fast, um, and it's not a uh, women against men it's just this you know we are here to really make some positive changes in the world and there isn't like I know what there's Gina Reinhardt but that's comes through family like how many women have even founded a mining company are you the first I think I am the first. I know there is uh, one in uh, Guinea she's a uh, ex-model but she is in diamonds. Mm. Yes. Wow. Yes. And yes. is there any intentions that you have to disrupt the industry uh, that, in the future? Yes. Yes, I intend to cause a lot of disruption. So, and uh, at some point, um, I also want to go into value addition. So, not whereby we're just mining the copper or gold, but we're also produce uh, processing it, and then also going into. Uh, production of, you know, things like plates and cups. I was uh, in the copper belt in Zambia at uh, a hotel. And when the dinner came, I had this white plate completely plain. Mm -hmm. And I looked at that and I said to myself, in my backyard in Dollar, we have the biggest, you know, mine in the world producing emeralds. Mm -hmm. So, uh, gem fields. So, and I'm thinking not everything with uh, the stones, you know, not all the best quality stones get to be exported out of the country. But then I was thinking, what about using those, you know, raw, uh, low grade um, emeralds and making the decorations on those plates? Um, <laughs> like, you know, what the indigenous, when we lived in the Kananara, you know, the uh, indigenous people would curve or carve uh, the bower tree, um, the bower fruit, 
you know, so and I thought, what if we had something like that and then dust it off with uh, emeralds? <laughs> you are. Is it safe to say that you're a person that gets the ideas, feels it, and just goes for it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kendu, if you've got some women here listening now that have an idea and they've been stewing on it for a while, what would be a special message? Perhaps it's a business idea. Perhaps it's a product they want to get out there into the world. They're sitting on something and they're not doing it. Could you give a piece of advice from your beautiful little soul inside of you that just puts your big girl panties on and just goes out there and does it? What do you think it is? What do you think you can go for it? Let's just boost us up here. (laughs) Yes, yes, certainly. So um, the Chinese are saying that uh, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago and the second best time is now. So, and uh, I have this uh, thing and book that I'm writing about the power of habit that, you know, you just have to do it now. What's the worst case that can happen? You fail, but fail fast and then get up Mm. again and keep going because my first year of business was disastrous. You know, lost a lot of money because I thought I could do it by myself. And uh, getting advice, you know, is really important. Um, I don't think there's anything under the sun that is new. Somebody somewhere has done it before. Always reach out. People are always willing to, um, to help. Mm, yeah. And, you know, one thing that you were saying is the, the power of the habit. Yes. Because I find that success breeds more success. And when you take that first jump, I do a, a transformational two-day program and it's called Playing a Bigger Game. And we normally book it for yes. corporates or for conferences. And it's going through like when you have that goal, it seems so scary. And as you start getting closer and closer and closer to it, we start to self-sabotage and, we, you know, the data gets in our head and we, I can't do it, I can't do it, and what if it fails or what if I lose money or, you know. And we have all these these bits of self-talk. But as soon as we push through that and we actually create that action or that step or achieve that goal, it's not only does it, like if we were to do that, that same goal again, it will be so easy, but it then lifts the bar for us to move to that next level. It and does. if we're not continually moving that bar up and up and up and up and up, we'll continually stay scared where I feel like it actually, it's, it's actually harder to stay still. For me, it's harder to not achieve. Yes. And it's easier for me to achieve. So I like when you were saying about that habit because really that achievement and you getting that idea and just putting it forward and trying it on and seeing how it works. Um, it's, exactly. It's, it creates that strength. Um, and, you know, you've had it since you were 10 years old. <laughs> I've, I've, had, <laughs> I've had it since. And, and it's so funny because uh, in Zambia, I'm known as um, the girl child advocate. And I keep on telling people I've actually grown up. I'm not a, a girl child anymore. I'm a, I'm a woman. Yes. Um, but, You're um, a woman <laughs> with a 12-year-old child. Well, I had no idea you had a 12-year-old child. <laughs> No, and, uh, and you know the thing about having a 12-year-old son who loves chess? Um, he gives me a lot of um, advice and I take this advice into business because he loves chess so much. And he always says to me, when we're playing chess, I last at least about three minutes. And that's because he's feeling sorry for me. So, and he <laughs> says to me, mom, the chessboard is your world. Every move you make, there's going to be an opposing force. 
So you always have to think carefully before you make any move. And I take that into um, my business as well. So when, whether I'm dealing with vendors, whether I'm dealing with my staff, or whether you know we're looking at uh, people that want to buy us out because we're already receiving so many offers um, where people say, oh, look, the grades and what you're doing is really fantastic. I would like to offer you this amount of money so that, you know, but that's not my exit, uh, my exit strategy for my business yet. So it's really, really important to, yeah, to, to, to plan, to have your goals, uh, have your 20-year goal because people don't think about what they want to be doing in 20 years, you know. So mm. we only plan for the next two years or for the next, um, you know, 12 months. But mm. what is the next thousand years from now? What do you want your, what, what legacy do you want your business to leave behind mm. because the whole purpose of being in business is to improve someone's life or to be of service to humanity. So you don't want it to stop when you stop. You want it to continue. Mm. I love the um, outlook of that 20 years time because it's, we need to start now for those changes and that's not just business, it's health it's the happiness. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, there's no use trying to get healthy when you're eight, 80 years old. <laughs> we want to make sure we start looking after our body now. So when we get to 80, we are still, you know, really, you know, yeah. my, my husband's father, he's 83 years old and he's just so wow. strong and yes. people just say, how are you 83? You know, that's, that's yeah. the goal, but he's taken years and years and years of looking after his health. Hey, exactly. now I know that you are very passionate about Doing a master plan for life and doing mind yes. mapping, can you take us down that road on why that's so important to you and how you use it? Yes, yes. So master plan for life, I do this at least uh, twice a year and uh, it's a big document that I work on uh, with uh, John who is my coach and mentor and friend. And what I find is that um, it helps me to, it's, it's like a diary and calendar and uh, a plan for every single day of my life which is also chunked into hours. So let's say for example you have a pie and then you divide that pie to say, okay, this slice is for family, this is for business, this is for social, you know, this is for personal development, you know, mm -hmm. because you can't do personal development or empower your mind without empowering, you know, your body. Like you are saying, you know, your father-in-law mm -hmm. is 83 and he looks amazing. So mm -hmm. he's definitely, he plans his meals and what, how he's going to, to work out, you know, for what his exercise routine is going to be like. So master plan for life, um, I plan what my life, I want my life to look like. And then also what after, you know, a thousand years from now, what, you know, my life would have contributed to humanity. So when somebody picks up um, my book or my scripts uh, in the archives of the National Library somewhere in Canberra, they'll be like, oh, yes, this is the girl that started this. So wow. it's, um, and it's also about finances. So you set your goals for finances to go, okay, this year we've made, let's say, for example, quarter of a million uh, in uh, revenue. Uh, by next year or end of this quarter, we want to have at least improved 10% or 15% of that. So how do we do that? So you create those uh, steps. So it is planning for, um, you know, your business, which is, you know, your vocational or, you know, career, um, your, your family life, what quality do you want to, you know, spend with, um, you know, your, your family, because most of the time people that are saying, oh, I'm too busy, I can't spend time with my family. 
it is true. But then also what I found is that kids, especially, they don't need you to be there for the five or six hours. You know, after five minutes, they want to go do their own things. So mm -hmm. how do you make and create memories with your children and your spouse or partner, you know, with that short period of time so that you can go back and create something for them? Mm. So powerful. Yes. Yeah. And uh, the mind mapping uh, on the And can other... I ask just pause for that? How, how yes. long does that take you to do the master plan? I've got a, an event um, that was meant to be this year, but we've sort of backed it back, um, uh, which is magnificence. It sounds very similar in an area of, you know, dissecting the pie and really working out that, you know, magnificent life for you. Yes. How long does that take you to actually do that? Because you do it twice a year, you said. Yes, I do twice a year, uh, but then I work on it constantly almost once a week. I look at it to go, okay, mm -hmm. what are my goals for this week? And then mm -hmm. every night before I go to bed, I write down the most important things that I need to achieve um, the following day. And then just having to you know, evaluate the day to see if I'm actually heading in the right directions because most of the cases you will plan something and then unfortunately you know, some circumstances may appear that may derail mm. that and uh, with that is okay how do I not get emotional about this how do I remove the emotion out of my business or the emotion out of the uh, finances so the master plan when I'm doing it with John it takes me at least about three solid days where we sit down and go through each and every area of my life mm -hmm. and then after that it becomes very easy um, you know I'll spend sometimes an hour just to look through it and then to update it as well. And the good thing about it is that it's this manuscript that you have for your life. So when I look at my master plan uh, two years ago, um, when we just uh, started the mining company and set up the goals that I wanted to, and then we had this massive failure. And learning from that, uh, five, I remember it was on my birthday and I called uh, my partner who is a GP obstetrician and I said, Eric, I've lost a lot of money. I have failed. I'm in a hotel in Lusaka and I was crying. And uh, Eric said, look, I've got patience to see. I don't have time for this. And then I called John and he said, you're the queen of Africa. You sort it out. So um, I went wow. back to the, um, to, to, to the master plan and then I had a look at that and I go, okay, this is what I wanted to achieve. These are the mistakes that we've made. I have to get up, start all over again. And within five months after that, I recovered all the money that we had lost and made actually even more. Wow. You know, what I love about this, and this is what we all need to take away, is we can all write goals. And we just actually did um, the last release, last episode, which was, you know, looking at the year that's been and yes. really looking at your top um, 20 things that you're proud of. doesn't mean how small it is, but it's things that if it wasn't for that, that initial step, it wouldn't have got you to where you are today. So it can be large or small things. And then write in the goals for the next, um, for the next year. And then having a, a, like an ability to recap and we do a recording on that. What I love about this is goals just because you've written it down doesn't mean it happens. It's the being the consciousness and it's the measuring and this is what you're doing. Um, Pete and I have a coach and what we love is that part of it we get measured on a monthly basis on how often yes. we're in our genius zone. Yes. 
And for me, I do the podcast because it keeps me in the public speaking space. But we've been building Convert Club for so long and I'm in the back end doing a lot of the back end stuff where I'm not a, a back of house person normally. I'm in front of house, you know, <laughs> on the stage. But it goes back to a game which is because there's that accountability and because we can measure it and keep it conscious um, of where we are, which is what you're doing as well with this master plan, yes. it's, it actually that's what creates the outcome because you can write the goal but it's the habitual steps that you do to make sure it stays front of mind and course correct and get back on track and 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 continually fuel up and also remind you because when you're doing those three days that you said with John Mm. you would feel so empowered but then something can knock you you know to the side in two months time and just going back and reviewing your goals it puts you back into that vibration of brilliance right so it does um, yes and and every level you know as you level up you you have more challenges so and uh, when i look at my master plan for example and i go oh my goodness there's been so much growth game in the last 12 months but even with that growth game comes you know growth challenges so mm. it's yes yes so the the the, the bigger you grow, the bigger the challenges, but it's how do you solve the challenges without having them to break you. And I have this saying every time a girlfriend would call me and say, oh, I'm so broken. I said, no, you're not broken. You just bend, you know, you will bounce back. <laughs> I love it. You're not broken. You just bend. <laughs> love it. Kendu, can you actually share two pieces of advice, um, one to the startup female and one for the lady that she's in the growth phase of her business or the next stage of, you know, her career? What's two pieces of advice, one for each of them that you can give? For the startup, I would say start now. Look at the people, um, you know, who've done this and, uh, yeah, and try to pick their brains if you can and uh, do not be afraid to fail and fail fast. Um, yeah, and you have to constantly upskill, read books, you know, talk to people, hang out with people who want to see you succeed, hang out with people who want to, you know, to, who hold you accountable um, mm. for, 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 your, for your dreams and goals. And uh, for the people that are already doing this and uh, they're succeeding, I would say, you know, also reach out to the startups and then also keep going. You know, it gets hard and, but, you know, we just have to keep going um, and expanding. You know, the sky mm. is no longer the limit. You have stardust on your shoulders, so keep going. Yeah, and I love when you're saying with the startups to fall forward fast. I think that's what you learn as you start to get into more and more and deeper into your business is we, we understand that we have to take that step to know if it's the right step or not. And yes. if it's not, it's not actually failure anyway. It actually, it's it's that's the success because now we know the next step, <laughs> right? Exactly. It's exactly. Like the arrow's now going, okay, so that wasn't the way, but you've now, yeah. you're on the on track, but this is the next door now. <laughs> now you've yes. climb through that window. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. And for the, um, you know, like for the ones that are already doing the businesses that are already advanced in their businesses, uh, you know, there's this saying that says, uh, give, uh, give a man a fish, um, you'll feed him for a day. Yeah. Teach him how Teach to fish. Him to fish. Yeah. You feed him for uh, for a life. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, let's teach the man to own the damn lake. Oh, gosh, goosebump moment. That feeds a generation. <laughs> oh, 
gosh, I've got I've got goosebumps from head to toe. You are such an empowerful, powerful human being. I even love what you said, like, no, what, not not what is it that you want to write about you with your legacy. I love how you've, like, fast-tracked to a 1,000 years. Like, holy cow, I've never done that in my life. Um, wow, that is just amazing. But I think you- your, podcast, your podcast will be here a 1,000 years from now. People <laughs> will be listening to this. You know what? I have never even put that into conceptual thought of, a thousand years from now, the ripple effect. It's just, it's just such, so transformative. What was the one thing that you do can do that, you know, when you do have a hard day or when you just need to just get back into your body and back, you know, reconnected and realigned, what's the one thing that you do on a very regular basis that makes you the happiest version of you? You know, after you hung out with the Dalai Lama, right? Wink, wink. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Meditation. (laughs) Ah. meditation I find that um you know being still and uh, and just let it be and just accept things as they are things that you can't change and then going into that uh, gratitude zone so when I'm feeling beaten tired about to give up I go and meditate and then after that I write down 200 things that I'm grateful for at that particular time. I know 200 things may sound too much, but it's amazing that changes your mood and your psyche because you have so much to be grateful and people who have, you know, so much to, people who have have so much to be grateful for. And mm. also swimming and uh, sometimes I'll just, you know, take a walk. Yeah. So how good is just a, just a walk? You know, yep. it's just... As, you know, yeah, just, you don't yeah. realize how much how much you appreciate that you can walk when you can't, and not that I've ever had a, a, a exactly. catastrophic industry, injury, um, injury, but I've had such a bad injury at, for about a year and a half that I was rehabbing, and that got taken away from me. I couldn't even walk to the post to my mailbox without excruciating pain. And then, <laughs> as soon as this can do, as soon as I got back yeah. and I got the go ahead, and I'm now yes. able to start walking. It was a month into walking. I went for my first run along Great yes. West, um, the Great. What was it called? The West Coast Drive. You know, yes. on the, yes. the big, the on the beach. Yes. And I was like, I feel incredible. Oh my gosh, I'm back. I can run again. Yes. This is after 13 months of rehab on my back. My goodness. I yes. step off the gutter. Yeah. To go into the car, yeah. and I broke my foot. <laughs> <laughs> And I was know, like, what am I to learn here? <laughs> what is it? But that, that is a good question. What am I supposed to learn here? That is a I good question. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, okay, I obviously <laughs> have not got something. So, yeah, just something as simple as a, a, as a walk can just help realign you. Um, I love that you said meditation because, you know, even just, you know, sitting there, even just for a moment, just one minute of breathing, yes. closing your eyes, taking off the visual and breathing through your nose and out your nose, Yes. Um, even that just is just to help reset um, your parasympathetic system. Exactly. And even for people that, you know, haven't mastered the art of meditation, you can also do guided meditation on YouTube. So you can do that on your phone. You can do that anywhere. Or you can just simply breathe, you know, and, uh, and uh, yeah, and it, it, it helps to, you know, realign you, like you're saying. 
Yes. So the, the tools are out there to, to help you. And uh, a lot of the time, like most of us and, uh, and, and the uh, and our viewers, they will know that life will knock us back, but it's not how hard you fall. It's, you know, how fast you get up. Mm. There's um, a meditation because I tried meditation so many times and like, am I doing it? Am I doing it? Am I doing it? Am I doing it? <laughs> and then the one that really helped me click into gear was it was a, a book or it's also an audible and it's called Stress Less, Accomplish More by Emily yes. Fletcher. Yes. And so she has, um, I can't remember what her technique is, starts with Z, and yes. the letter Z, and, yeah, and that was a really good one. So if anyone's listening, you're like, oh, I can't meditate, that's actually a really good one to teach you how to meditate um, and learn to go from a guidance meditation into you actually, you know, taking the way and just really quiet in the mind and how to bring the mind back. And, yeah, so um, I just wanted to throw that in there because I know for me it was always, am I meditating, am I not? <laughs> So you're disrupting your meditation with your thoughts. As you yeah, yeah. And um, so we do that sometimes. Really, yeah. And now I yeah. know that it's okay. Just pull it back. It's like a exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, Kandu, thank you so much for your time today. And um, you're just incredible. Like I was sure, you know, I moved listening to you. I know other women are just going to be like, wow, I need to step up a level now. <laughs> She has shown me what is truly possible just to play a bigger game. Um, thank you for your brilliance. Thank exactly. you for being just the beautiful soul that you are. And thank you to that little 10-year-old girl that asked that question. Thank you for the situation that happened where you heard about these girls not sitting at the table and that little soul inside you felt that's not right and then your dad asking that question to you and saying if you want that to change then you need to do something like you know that's pretty powerful stuff so um what a beautiful ripple event that whole um journey has been and can't wait to see what happens now for the next thousand years Thank you so much and thank you for creating this platform. Um, I have so much gratitude for what you do. I've been following you for a very, very long time and even our encounters, I'm always inspired by your work and the change that you're making in this world. So thank you. Oh, beautiful. Well, the love is all around. I love it. Bye for now, can do. Keep changing the world. Thank you. You're listening to The Herpreneur Show. I hope you received the inspirational idea, thought, or message that you're meant to hear today. If you love the show, it means a bunch to me sending me a message on Facebook or on iTunes to rate and review the show and subscribe so you're the first to know when the next show's released. Until then, make sure you do something that fills up your level of happiness, something that lifts your vibration so high that you're the happiest person that you know. I'm out. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.